Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. What up, Dog Speak Geeks? We are back with another episode for you, and we have Gray back. Hey, hey. <laughs> Look, I let him come to an afternoon recording so that he can have a beer. Or two. Or two. Um, I am having a beer. Look, I'm having a pumpkin beer because it almost feels like fall. It's almost there, yeah. It feels good today. Today is oh, really nice, so I'm having a pumpkin beer. I'll be switching to wine later because I'm going to eat some Naturally. pizza, I think. Yeah. Right? So... Nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you're here and, um, yeah, we're going to talk about compulsive disorders also yeah. known as, well, in the human world, obsessive compulsive disorders, but because we don't really know if dogs can truly obsess over things because there's no real research for that. We call it canine compulsive disorders. Yeah. So CCD is what we're going to talk about. Well, I have OCD and so do my dogs. So. You know, it's funny because I actually have a lot of clients that I know that have that with ADHD and ADD, and and I think it helps them to really kind of understand where their dog is coming from, and that it can happen yeah. neurologically with those issues. But I think today what we really want to kind of get into is what is CCD, but also how do you know if your dog has it? Because sometimes it may look like it, and it's not, but I think oftentimes it is is but people don't recognize it right all right so we're and we're going to get into your dog obi who has a i would say obsession i would probably say so too yeah um and then also isabella's been showing a little bit because we've had some really brave squirrels in the backyard Get a border collie, they said. Right? It'd be fun, fun, they said. It's it's amazing to me how many trainers have border collies. Because they're like, they're so easy to train. They're so easy to work with. I'm like, they're a pain in my ass. Like I tell everybody, the dog was awesome when it was younger. Made, made me look great. But then just over the years, it's, it's, it's rough. It's hard. They are hard dogs. And I mean, they're super... I think that's why. Because they're super smart. And they are desperate to do things constantly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you don't give them that outlet 
they're like, well, screw you. I'll just find my own outlet. Because I, I truly don't believe they're, they don't make the best pets, right? They're, they're, they're really meant to work. I, mean, I, that's, I agree. And I, and I didn't want to believe that when I first got the dog, but yeah, I really, really do think they're meant to work. I agree. I think that a lot of, a lot of these dogs that become popular, mm-hmm. they become popular because they're such great working dogs. And so people are like, well, let's make them a pet. And then you're like, oh my God, they don't make great pets. Why is he biting my kid's ankles? Right. I don't understand. Why is he? Yeah. Why can't my kids just run and play in the backyard? Because you got a herding breed. Yeah. Well, I got two, so I'm guilty. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I was teasing. Oh. Britt's going to hear that and be like, I can't believe you called him that on air. Um, I get in trouble all the time, but he knows I love him. I, I think it's just crazy. I don't regret it. Um. I, if, you know, look, I'm even at the point right now that if I knew Myers was going to be such a barker, I'd have passed on him. I'd have been like, dude, genetically, you are a barker. And if I'd known that, I would have passed him up because I don't want a barker. Um, I am working on it, but I didn't want to work on it. I wanted the perfect little puppy. Border Collie was not it. I should have just stuck with the Rottweiler. Not to say I don't love Myers. I do. Hey, he's, he's like, he's, what, 1% Rottweiler? He is 5%, 5% Rottweiler. Okay, think, don't you my don't bad. you get him. He is 5%. And he shows it when you come to the door. He's actually more of a barker than my Rotties. That's funny. He's definitely not much more of a protector. <laughs> not really. I think it's just, he's just, it's something. And it's high-pitched and it's loud. And his little mouth gets into like a curve, like a C. And it's like, it's, it's not adorable. It's adorable if you had earplugs in. Yeah, okay. Or if he did it quietly and silently. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, yeah, all right, we're just going to get into it, of um, compulsive disorders. Uh, basically, people are like, what the hell is, I mean, we, we kind of know, but when we're talking about with dogs, uh, basically, uh, as the definition is it's stereotypy um, is an abnormal invariant repetition of a motor pattern that serves no apparent function. So basically, it's something your dog does over and over again that really serves no purpose, right? But something that's not normal. Yeah. Um, and some of the things that we see that I know that, that and you and I had a client not too long ago, tail chasing yeah. is a big one. Yeah. I've heard that's one of the most common ones, tail chasing and I would say that tail chasing is probably the more common, and I think it's the more common because that's what people recognize more. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? But it's also because it's a part of the dog, it's always there. <laughs> but that also includes like flink sucking. So when dogs put their mouth kind of on their, we would call it kind of their knee, between their knee and back area, that little flank area, huh. if they put their mouth and they're sucking on that flank area, that is also can be a stereotypy. So huh. that's, again, it's the hip is always there, right? The flank is always there. But I don't think people recognize that as a possible compulsive disorder. Now, I'm not trying to be funny here. Uh, yeah, but would okay. excessive <laughs> butt licking be without too? If, if, keep in mind that if nutrition checks out, if, you know, there's yeah. no type of health issues with that stuff. I think so, yes. I'm asking for my dog. I know. You're, you're, we have all kinds of things to talk about your dog. I think, yes. I think that anything that is done consistently, that there's no rhyme or reason, and you've kind of checked all the boxes, no. then, yeah, I think you would have to look at it. I don't think that, that we Gross. have a list of everything. Yeah. But it's, um, what was I have? I had one client, um, I believe she's up in New York. I hadn't heard from you in a while, by the way. You need to 
to contact me. Um, we were doing Zoom. But her dog, if I remember right, every time the dog would maybe jump off the bed or do something, it always go right to its penis and go looking for the penis. And so I, it's like one of those things you look at and you go, okay, where, what could all the reasons be for that? But also not to know if it's really an issue, I would recommend like journal. Keep a journal. When does it happen? Write down what happened right before that. That's good. You yeah. know, right? What happened What's an hour on? before? Yeah. yeah. So that you can kind of start to see what is connected here, because there might be a connection. Yeah. You never know. Um, some of the other ones that we'll see is excessive grooming. Okay. Now you see that a lot in cats, but yeah. cats will do it a lot for stress. But excessive grooming, um, and that's again sometimes people see that and go, "Well, they're just itchy." They're itchy. Okay, well, we've changed food. We've done the vet check. We've done all those things, and they're still doing it. Is it uh, a compulsive, a compulsion? Um, uh, let's see. There's some, oh, wool sucking. I made a list because some of these we don't see. Yeah. But wool sucking is where basically they'll take a blanket and suckle on it. And I see a lot of dogs that have been removed from their um, mother too early hmm. where they'll do that. So it's almost like a pacifier. Yeah. And I think that when you when they do that and it brings that comfort, it gets to the point where they're not just using it when they need it. They're kind of being dependent on it. Yeah. It's like a security blanket, I guess. Hmm. Would be something like, well, please don't suck on your security blanket, humans. <laughs> How but it, think about like if a child with um sucking their thumb, could that be to a point where it's gotten past the age that you would normally expect it but they still crave it and they still crave it yeah i mean it's a thing yeah it's a weird thing um pacing is also one i've heard pacing yeah and and i've also heard staring was one staring off in different locations is one um staring off can definitely be um one but i'm definitely gonna look a little bit more neurological if i'm seeing that light chasing though really yeah um Dan, uh, and y'all, yes, I'm in the country, but I'm not saying Dan. Day in Dublin, for those that are newer listeners, Day in Dublin was my last Roddy that I had. Um, She ended up being a light chaser and a shadow chaser. And it got to the point where it was barking, attacking the wall, and then attacking her brother if he got too close. And he was getting excited. Like reflections and stuff too. Like yep, reflections. Phone and, oh, yep. You got a phone. Yeah. And it was shining up. Would oh. That kind of go hand. In, I'm asking. Is that, would that go hand in hand with like laser pointers and stuff? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I had never done a laser pointer with her. I did do a laser pointer with my second Roddy, and she never ended up with those issues. But I think poor Double D from the get go. I think that she had some neurological issues and some deficits um, genetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think she was predispositioned to some of these things. Uh, so yeah, she did have that issue and, and luckily so far Myers has nothing of that, but we will get into Isabella here in a minute. Um, let's see, um, circling, not tail chasing, but just circles. Yeah. Now I know some people are thinking, well, what about when my dog circles three or four times before laying down or circles three or four times before pooping? I don't know if I would call that CCD. It may just be more a an ingrained routine. Yeah. I've heard it, and I have no idea if this is true. I just remember from a long time ago, a lot of people have said, and you've, you look it up on Google, they try to find the magnetic field of the 
of the earth and they circle a certain way and they poop a certain direction. I have no idea if that's You true. know what? That is really interesting, though. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah, uh, Supposedly, I have no idea if this is true. could be a myth that dogs all poop a certain direction. I, it's either east, east, west, or north, south. I think it's east, west. No idea if that's true or not. Could somebody do some research on that? Yeah, fact check that. Yeah, could somebody just start <laughs> logging their dogs pooping and Get see? Get a compass. Get a compass. <laughs> And let's see what your dog is pooping. I Because I am all about the magnetic field. I'm all about the universe and energy. And I believe we're energy. And, and I do believe that that plays a huge part in things. I mean, I'm all about the full moon. Full moon totally does change just things. Just look at birds fly together. Look how, look how they right? really know to change the uh, change directions at the exact same time. Right? It's, it's so weird. Yeah. Right? I don't think we give animals enough credit. No. I, I really don't. I think they are all probably smarter than we are. Um, but... I wouldn't know if I, I wouldn't say that circling would would be like before pooping or laying down right. an, an issue. But if your dog is just doing it. So like, uh, let me go back to the pacing real quick. So I remember Double D also would pace. But if you journaled it and wrote it down, she would pace after she ate a certain meal or a certain protein or a certain food. Yeah. And so we learned that she had a sensitivity. So her pacing was actually to help decrease that GI upset that she was having after she ate food that was not appropriate for her. Huh. I've noticed, I've noticed my dog, Obi, he doesn't pace regularly, but does pace like in new situations. Like when things are a little... When he's nervous, right? Would that be considered something along those lines or just more of, I don't know what to do. I'm yeah, I think that's around. more of a stress. Yeah. Um, if you're getting, I think when you're, when you're looking at something like pacing, because pacing can be a huge stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be to where the dog is stressed, doesn't know how to settle. Most people will look at it as the dog is being disobedient or not focused or, but the dog could actually just be really stressed out. And so that pacing is, I don't know what to do. If you see it at a certain time where there's no environmental factor, then we may want to look at and say, okay, is this something that could be um, a neurological issue? Right. Right. Instead of, is it just a stress? So that's why I think keeping a journal is so important. Yeah. And because so many times we forget... Well, I'll remember my dog was doing this, and and when he starts circling, right, this happened. And but if we don't have that's like a good to, list, that's yeah. like trying to remember your dream from this morning. Oh my god! You you, you might remember the premise, but you remember all the fine details right. and stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Take and, a and dream journal. Yeah, keep that dream journal. <laughs> yeah. If I had a dream journal, y'all, somebody would probably commit me because the dreams that I've been having lately. Oh my god! Um, and it's football season, which means even more stress dreams that are going to be coming. Uh, face and neck scratching. Really? So, so anytime you have that again, excessive scratching, I think you could kind of go in with some grooming issue here. Yeah. That can be, um, a, you know, part of the CCD, but uh, again, you got to keep a journal because your dog could have just gotten into a, you know, maybe a bee sting, that he's not allergic to, or maybe he had a tick, or tall grass, or maybe yeah. when you ask him to do something, he doesn't know what to do, so he scratches his neck or his face, and that makes you stop asking him because you know he has an itch. So then it's a learned behavior that I get you to stop being confrontational by asking me to do something fourteen times in a row. Like I remember um, Tiba when she was a little stressed out when I was just asking maybe for too much or asking when she wasn't, she didn't have the capacity. 
because she was my work and she truly worked her entire life with me. Um, she would scratch the back side of her front leg with her back leg. And I, over time, I started to realize that was her saying, I need a minute. I just, I need a smoke break, right? right? I think that's kind of what it was, is I just need a minute. Yeah. And I think we don't realize that sometimes our dogs just need a minute. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, sometimes we do. I mean, hell, if I, if I don't want to talk to people in public, what do I do? I pull my phone out. I don't act like I see them. Right? You're like, I'm going to be the most <laughs> introverted human being that you've ever met. Yeah, I'm right? just really stupid and didn't notice you. Though. Exactly. Um, or... I can be extrovert and go out of my way to talk to you. But it's going to depend on kind of my mood that day. Uh, so, it, again, you have to really kind of look at what are some of these, when are they happening? Because, obviously, again, pacing can be a GI upset. Circling can just be I'm trying to find the right spot or the magnetic uh, draw. I, somebody really needs Please to do research yeah. on that. Um, <laughs> somebody we'll somebody on shoot that us next. an email on that. <laughs> um, I guess I could ask Dr. Murphy next week. Uh, that I'm, I'm recording with Dr. Murphy next week, but because um, she's so smart with the I've brain. Just, I've heard that since I was a kid, and I, I've I have never no heard of that. If that was if that's true or not. I never heard of I just that. No, that's a lot of people have said, and uh, it's it's like the thing when you know when the dogs poop, they look at you to you know because they're they're at their vulnerable spots, so they look at you for comfort. That's kind of like the same same thing. <laughs> well, what about I, I to think that? Like, what about those dogs are like? Please don't watch me. If I don't look at you, you can't see me. See, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. It's my dogs poop and they look at me. I'm kind of like I kind of put my I kind of look out like I got you back. I'm like looking you're for scanning and stuff. Yeah. Okay, that is brilliant. So right? I like it because the dog is kind of like I'm, I'm in a very vulnerable spot. Is that why the dogs follow me to the bathroom when I go to the bathroom? Because oh, yeah, I'm in go. a vulnerable spot. You figured it out. That is it. Y'all they're not being a very good watch, though. They're watching me. They should be yeah, watching other things. Exactly. Though, so. Yeah. Mic drop on that one. Maybe it's because we always stare at our dogs when they poop. They think that we, they want to. They should stare yeah, at us. Right? Yeah. We stare at them for a whole different reason. Um, but, you know, I had a dog, Mufasa. Uh, he would lean up, he would poop up against the tree. So that he wouldn't step in it when he got back out in the yard to chase whatever he was chasing. But I'm, now I'm curious to know if he did it on the side of the tree that was the magnetic north. Or, okay, see, now you got me down a whole nother trail. We're going to need more alcohol for this. Um, all right, so some of the other things, chasing lights and shadows. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Um, all right, so you and you said you mentioned the staring. So that freezing and staring. Um, I would be really concerned with freezing and staring before I considered it a compulsive disorder. I would absolutely, right? yeah, neurological. I am, I am taking my dog to the vet immediately, and uh, and I'm going to do everything I can to see if there's something going on there. Yeah, because uh, that can be a little bit. Um, what about like, uh, like bug bug chasing, like y- yes. stopping at bugs and stuff. Well, if they're if the bugs are actually there, we're good. Okay, unless it becomes there. obsessive. Okay. Unless it's I am coming, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm looking for the bugs. Ah, right. So seeing them there's one thing, but scanning for scanning them, scanning for them, for yeah, them. yeah. Um, and you brought up, which is see, look how smart you are, uh, checking the rear. <laughs> not smart, it's just observing. Not necessarily maybe licking, but checking the rear okay. and head shaking okay. without um, any type of ear issue. Obviously, no ear infection or mites or anything like that. Does that go together? Because my dog does both of those I things. Think you, I think it could. I think anything that within the body system, I think, could go together. I think that if you get maybe flank sucking, maybe you could easily head. get shaking head with that. Maybe or he's butt shaking his head because he's licking his butt so much that he's like, what am I doing? Hmm. 
Sorry, that's me going on a tangent. No, that's what I love about this, though, because I, it's a good way to start thinking about some of these things. Because when we go into a case and we look at the symptoms, we can't just look at a symptom and say, okay, your dog has CCD, right? There's canine right. compulsive disorder. We have to look at everything and take all those little puzzle pieces. So, like, if you tell me if I came into a client and they said, well, he shakes his head a lot and he checks his butt a lot and he licks his butt a lot. Okay, well, number one, we need to make sure we have clearance from the vet that there are no anal gland issues, um, that there are no um, ear infections, there's there's no mites, there's anything, there's nothing going on there. If everything checks out physically, mm-hmm. then we start going, okay, when does this happen? Right, because a head shake could be that the dog has sensitivity to his hearing, and a certain tone creates that head shaking. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'll start keeping a journal. Yeah, you really should, yeah. because it may it, it just kind of helps put the puzzle pieces together. And I know we ask I ask my clients a lot to journal. Some of them are not great at it, but when they start to journal it, and we can start highlighting these little points, it helps us to know how to help the dog better. I mean, truly, because um, it can be a lot of different things. We, we don't want to look at something like flank um, sucking and go, okay, the dog has um, a compulsive disorder. No, the dog could have um, a knee problem, a luxating patella, the hip could be hurting. Something could be hurting him, and he's trying to show that. Yeah. And this is where I think people... I think that people don't look at dogs and see behavior as compulsive disorders, but then I think there are some people that look and go, oh my God, it's a compulsive disorder, and they're going to constantly interrupt the behavior, but they don't get to the root cause, when it could just be a pain that the dog is exhibiting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Rhythmic barking. Uh, I wish... Myers does not have rhythmic barking. Um, it's definitely not a, you know, just a consistent roar, 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 roar. It is a, oh my God, the house is falling in and 14 aliens are coming into the house and I'm going to go as high pitched as I can and I'm going to shatter whatever glass you have in the house. Um, that is not compulsive disorder. But if you have a dog who's just barking constant, um, then we need to look at that. We need to look to see if this is cre- it has turned into something that is a compulsive disorder. Because the thing about compulsive disorders is they're not always neurological, right? They can, there are a lot of, there's a, there he is. Y'all, there he is. And I'm not editing that out um, because you know what? You're listening to a dog podcast. Um, so this is a little bit of what I deal with, uh, with him. Um, he hears something, he gets a little bark. He's doing good now, so I don't need to interrupt it. And then Gray just gave him a good boy. He's a good boy. Oh, he's so tired. Um and so when we look at uh, behavior, so we talked about some of this behavior. Another question you need to ask is, one, how often does it happen? Um, two, is it difficult to interrupt? So go back to that case that we had with the tail chasing. Mm-hmm. Interruption was, was very rough. difficult. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. We could interrupt for a quick second and then, and then right he would go right back. back. Yeah. So the interruption um, is was definitely an issue. Now, that dog has been sent to the vet. Um, right. they, the dog's gone to see Dr. North and um, working on some things. So we're going to wait and see how that goes to see if it is something else that we need to, to deal with. But any again, anytime I see these behaviors, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for a nice physical blood work, uh, make sure the dog doesn't have a lot of pain. Um, all right. So what are some of the causes? Well, we can go into a simple 
is um, boredom. Think of the rhythmic barking. How many of you guys live near someone who has a dog who lives outside and just barks? Like it doesn't change, just barks. I would say that dog's probably just bored. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I sing when I'm bored, right? I want to hear myself. Do you sing when you're bored? Oh, yeah. Cool. I can't wait to. I hope you're bored at our karaoke party. Um, so, yeah, we're having a Halloween party with karaoke. Uh, so, and I'm going to make Gray sing. We'll see if oh, we can goodness. video and put it on Instagram. Let's see what happens. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm not coming anymore. Yeah, you are. Uh, it's mandatory. Uh, it's a mandatory work party. Uh, frustration, right? So, again, I think I'd go back to a little bit about Tiba of she was maybe tired and frustrated because I'd been asking her to do so many things. Um, she was my search dog, so she did live person search and human remains detection. And so it was a lot of work on her. I mean, there were times that, I mean, we were covering a lot of area. And when if I was asking her to do something that she just did not have the capacity for, she would go to that leg scratching. So I think it was just more of a frustration of, I, I can't do anymore. Uh, I know that, that you, you're not using your nose. You're literally just, you know, guiding me. I'm the one that's doing all the hard work. So I think frustration is a very common issue, uh, which can come from boredom. I mean, honestly, you know, when people get bored, they get frustrated. Yeah. Um, and obviously we have to look at anxiety. Uh, we see a lot of dogs with anxiety. Yeah. And it's, it's really common. sad. Yeah. I, I mean, it's more common than I want to see. I know, right? It's like when anytime I get a behavior issue, I can almost tell you 90% to bet the house that the dog is suffering from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, and we have to figure out what, how do we deal with this? And I'm doing a continuing education on resilience uh, with Kathy Murphy um, and behavior vets of New York City. And it's really fascinating how the resilience works. And it's, it's basically about, getting uh learning to be stressed but coming out of it and and, but you have to practice it but you can't go you can't overdo it right right and and resilience is built up through the developmental stages Uh, and so it's really just fascinating Uh, so i but i think a lot of dogs don't know how to be resilient because i think people keep them in stressful situations too long and sometimes that stressful situation is in the home i mean i've seen dogs that are more introverted and they live in a house with three kids under the age of 14, right? Busy household, kids coming in all the time. And the dog is like, this is not for me. Right. Right. And I didn't the, sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this <laughs> shit. I didn't, I did not pick you. I did not pick you. I looked at you and I didn't see the kids. I, I didn't see the kids. Sorry. I did not pick this shit. Um, but that's something we need to think about, which is going back to the, we need to make sure we're giving our dogs plenty of rest mm-hmm. so that we don't get that. And of course, we've talked about, pain. Um, I'm always going to make sure. Um, We have a reactive dog workshop coming up. One of the very first things I'm going to be having the attendees do is make sure they go to someone who is either chiropractor, orthopedic, vet, someone who really knows how to get, not like a general practitioner, but can go deeper to ensure there's no pain because a lot of reactivity comes from pain. Um, I saw a dog yesterday who is um, having a lot of barking and lunging issues towards his um, the wife in the home. Hmm. And we have some hip issues. So, And it's a young dog, but we have hip issues. So, of course, what I'm doing, go see Dr. North. Let's get that going. Because if you don't feel good, 
not going to act well. No. no. God, no. Um, we do have, obviously, central nervous system dysfunction. That's when we're getting into something a little bit way different than just learned behavior um, or learned comfort. I like kind of say learned comfort, right? If you... If you have a dog who's stressed and they find comfort in wool sucking, like sucking on a blanket, then it becomes a learned behavior, which then in turn, if they stay in a state of anxiety, it does become compulsive. And that's the only way they can find that relief. Yeah. So it can be um, some some neurological problems. Um, if needs are not being met, which is a common issue, obviously. Um, and of course, we get into that whole neurological um, issues beyond the central nervous system uh, dysfunction. Uh, So one of the things also is uh, a lot of times, especially because we have so many dogs in rescue um, and a lot of dogs that are given up um, and and a lot of times during the adolescent phase, which is why we are really doing some, a lot of adolescent podcast episodes. uh, I think that if they just don't get that opportunity to learn how to be stressed and come out of it, or if they're not exposed correctly, or if, if their environment is is stressful, uh, then we're going to have an issue. But this also includes like maternal care. So if you have a dog who is born on the street or born under someone's house and the mother doesn't have the right amount of milk or doesn't have that maternal instinct, that can easily create some issues as well, um, just with that developmental stage. Uh, let's see. Um, obviously, socialization problems. Yeah. Right? Um, if... We force dogs to socialize because we think that's what they need. And I was one of those people. I was that they need to meet 300 people between eight and 12 weeks. I have now changed that. Um, that it's more about quality yeah. than quantity. Yeah, I'd rather meet one good person than 20 people that are, I'm like, eh. that are kind of, yeah. but yeah. also those 20 people that were, eh, were trying to pet this dog when it wasn't in a place to be petted. Yeah. It was tired. It was stressed. It was overwhelmed. Um, and maybe even it was kind of shut down, but nobody just, everybody just thought it was just a really good puppy when yeah. the dog's like, I'm just going to go inside my shell and pretend like you're not here. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Insufficient communication. Uh, dogs don't do well at handling stress. That again goes back to stress. And then um, big one here, unpredictable schedule. Um, I am not... And I, I'd left out the routine word, and I know Heather's probably listening and laughing because she knows I hate the word routine, but she has such a good routine with her dogs, and I can't argue whenever you had, you know, that many dogs living together so harmoniously. By the way, I miss you, Heather, um, and Dee. But um, I think that having, not necessarily, it's unrealistic, I think, to say every day is going to be the same. But I think if we can set up some type of expectations on things that we know we're going to have to do can help. So maybe like expectations like during feeding, like during feeding, I don't know what time I'm going to feed you, but during this feeding, when I do feed you, this is my expectation. Yeah. That, what I've always says, said is you need to be either uh, consistently unpredictable or unpredictably consistent, right? What I mean by that is like you're unpredictable in what or when you're doing it, but you're consistent of how you're doing it. I like it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I always never know when I'm going to feed them, but they know when I do feed them, I expect the same expectations. Exactly. Never know when I'm going to be with the mail, but when I open the door and you're there, I expect you not to go out. Right. So it's, you're inconsistent when you're doing it, but how you're doing it's always the same. Yes. Oh, see, I like that. Yeah. See, 
Grace, like, just don't give me notes. Just let me come in here and talk. And I got this. Notes. That was good, though. I mean, yeah, he was, like, being all nerdy before. And here I'm sitting over here with my notes. And you don't have any notes right now. Um, but it is true. It's just, like, it's letting the dog know that they know what to expect from you. Because you are that tour guide. You're that upper management. And if they can know what to expect from you, I think that that's going to be huge. The tour is always the same, but we don't know when the tour is going to start. I like that. I'm here all week. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to have to pause and go get a beer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and we're back. Now that we got our beer and then we had to break the seal. Um, <laughs> and then the dogs have gotten all worked up because, well, we moved. Yeah. All right, so um, the last thing that we're talking about with causes, and I think this is a huge one, positive punishment. Ah. When people are using aversive, so when you're adding something to, to punish the dog for behavior, so like a shock collar, choke chain, prong collar, any aversives, um, newspaper smacking. I can't believe that's still a thing that I've had people squirt be like, bottles, squirt, squirt bottles. Thing, yeah. Y'all are wild. Yeah, so... You ever heard Two Hyenas Fight? Yeah, it's, this is there this is. is our new wild podcast of Two Hyenas Fighting. So I'm going to have to pause again and get them out of here. Okay, we're back. We got the dogs out. How many times are we going to have to stop this? Um, so, yeah, so the positive punishment, um, you'll see. Because, again, I think that goes into, like, frustration, uh, you know, and anxiety, pain. All those things can create that. All right, so those are some of the causes... And then some of the symptoms that you're looking at. So now here's our question. What the hell do we do about it? He's like, I don't know. What am I going to do about it? Well, obviously, the first thing that I'm doing is sending them off to get a full physical blood work, all those things. I'm going to be taking a very detailed history. I'm going to make them start journaling. So now I need you to journal. Okay. Which I think we know kind of, well, not with the butt licking. Is that OB2? That's Jed. Okay. Jed's, Jed's doing Jed's, the butt licking. Jed's, again, he's got some neurological issues, yes. too. He's got he's, he's on the spectrum. He's got some problems. Yes. But, like, but Border Collie, he's more, you know, is it, well, I, I, I think a lot of people get confused of, well, it's just the breed. He's just the breed. He's meant to herd things. And that while that's probably true, and that's probably a lot of the reason this happens, I think it's also kind of learned, too. So, like, OB's a Border Collie, obviously, loves to herd things. Well, how did I train this dog? I trained him with a ball. Everything was, I, I was one of those trainers with like, I called myself a trainer. I didn't use treats. So I was like, I don't want to use treats. I don't want to bribe my dog, blah, 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 blah. I used the ball, mm. right? Well, I just bribed yeah. the ball. No, same thing. No fucking difference. Right? It's the same thing. So I think I've created, I think it's a learned behavior. I think it's instinctual with the hurting, but it's learned Correct. as far as what he's hurting, which is the ball. And I think he's obsessed with that ball. Um, but also it's not just ball chasing and ball obsession. It's also, um, fence running fence, you know, fence, uh, but was the fence issue something that came up when you moved to this place or was it an issue yeah. before that? No, it was when I moved. Okay. But he's always, the ball's always been, has been his thing. Yeah. If there's a ball in the field or in the yard and there's something on the other side of the fence, where's he going? Ball or fence? He'll go to the fence first, then he'll go back to the ball. Okay. So it sounds like to me... Pacifier? It's kind of a pacifier. Yeah. It's, I don't know what to do in this situation. So I'll just go to the ball. I'm going to go to something I know brings me joy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So 
again, it, it can be, it's very fascinating when you start really kind of breaking it down and breaking down the behavior. Uh, I think with him, with that, I think the ball, I think it is a lot to do with his desire to herd and he's herding the ball, even though he's not pushing the ball around. Um, but here's where the, the issue comes in. It's how long he does it. Will he stop on his own? And what does he do when the ball is not available? So those are the que- those are some of the questions I'm, I'm asking of, is this behavior really canine compulsion? Yeah. Is it something that it's satisfying some other need that's not necessarily compulsion? So it's... Let's go over that. So all right. I know for a fact that when I'm outside, he's with the ball. I also know that when I'm inside, for the most part, he's either chasing frogs, chasing squirrels, or chasing whatever's moving in the yard. When I walk outside, when my dog hears my gl- the the uh, storm door open, he's usually I usually see that he's under the porch. As soon as he hears that door open, guess where he's going? Straight to the ball. Whether it's because he knows I'm going to throw it, which I don't. <laughs> throw it, which I don't. or it's because he's associated that me being around means he should get the ball i don't know yeah you could be the environmental cue that's of the ball is only useful if the human is around whereas i've seen sad. yeah which, well <laughs> i've seen like boston terriers i've seen several boston terriers who will spend hours pushing a big ball around trying to get their mouth on it but pushing it that's obsessive. That right. is a, I'm drooling. I can't stop. I am at the highest range of, of excitement. I did take your advice. I did tell you at one point I grabbed a ball that he can't put in his mouth. Yes. I, I got rid of that ball. I got him three different jolly, <laughs> jolly balls uh-huh. that have handles on them that he can pick them up. So, cause I, cause that, I, I felt pretty bad. He couldn't pick up the ball. And that's, that's like being able to swim and then, you know, being obsessed with swimming and then the cover of the pool's on. Uh, right, like yeah, that's just. Mean. So here's the question, though: Does he do without the ball? Well, no. It's is the issue the chasing of the ball? Is the ball the problem, or is it the underlying issue of chasing and hunting? Because there's a difference between like herding frogs, right, and hunting frogs. Right? Is he digging? Yeah. Chewing things up like under my hose, the hose. Yep. Thing. So to me, that to that sounds to me more like hunting. Yeah. And not hurting. Okay. So and so there's some bra- some prey drive there. Yeah. So you see how you have to kind of break it down to go: Is this really all connected, or is it similar behavior but different motivations? Yeah. Yeah. So now you're like, oh my god! Now you're now you're gonna have to journal. <laughs> um, let's say okay. You go out, you play fetch with him for five minutes, and do you put the balls away when you're done? Nope. If you put the balls away, do you think he would sit and stare at them? That's the funny thing. It depends. If he can see the ball, absolutely. He'll stare at them. He will pace back and forth, left and right, stare at me all creepily. He's going to give me that ball, dude. I see it's right there. He's going to obsess over that. If the ball is put up and away, no. No, he can't see it. No. He'll go grab something else or he'll just chill. But he will go grab something else. Not always, but yes, he will. 
So it doesn't sound to me like it's a ball issue. It's the driving force and the ball happens to be the most convenient um, thing. And there's another word I'm trying to find right now in my head. Um, it's access- it's accessible. The ball no. is the most accessible thing no. to satisfy that desire. Well, it's kind of funny you're saying this. Actually, it does kind of line up. He might not be OCD, but it does line up with, so when I play a lot of video games, mm-hmm. he sees the characters running and that, he didn't like that very much, so he barks and growls, but then guess what he does? You can guess. Goes and grabs the ball. Goes straight for the ball. Okay, so it does sound like then that that has become not, I think that, because here's the thing, he can do that for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. So he can get the ball for fun, because it's what he enjoys. He can get the ball out of frustration, um, but he can also get, and that frustration's coming from, I can't get what I want, so I'm going to kind of use this as my pacifier. Uh, but I also think that the hunting issue, there's a, there's a, I think there's a lot of drive to him. Can hunting become OCD? Absolutely. Can, can grabbing the ball out of frustration become OCD? Oh, absolutely. As I think so. Like, I don't know. Because it, it's the this. one thing that satisfies. Yeah. Think of it as like an, all right, we probably should trigger warning here. Think of it as an addiction, right? If I reach for, God, I don't know. Let's say that uh, I kick um, I kick a wall. And by kicking the wall, I kicked it out of frustration. But by kicking the wall, I felt better. So the next time I feel frustrated, I kick the wall. I feel better. I think over time, it's going to become a default behavior. Yeah, because instead of getting frustrated for just this one thing, anything I get anything frustrated, that frustrated is going to become I kick right. the wall. And then I have thousands. Right. Uh, now, yeah. The, but the difference between kicking the wall versus him getting the ball is that him chasing the ball is part of his play. Yeah. So then we have to ask, do we need to make that a part of his play? Do we need to take it away or give it know. to him special? Do we? That's what we're going to figure <laughs> out, aren't we? That's what I love about this is there's there's really not a lot of black and white. It, it's There's a lot of – people don't realize that it, there's there's so much – there's so much that's deeper than what you're seeing externally. And this is why we try to push people to understand, please, if you have a dog that's that's doing external behavior you don't like, don't immediately go to somebody who's going to shock them with a shock collar to stop it or punish them with a prong collar because that's not fixing it, right? You can you can stop me from kicking the wall by tying my light, my ankles together. I, I feel like I've always thought of it as it's suppressing it. It is suppressing right. it and it looks it looks so magical. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, she didn't kick the wall. That's because my ankles are tied together. Yeah. You untie my ankles, I'm kicking the wall. Unless you give me something else to help me deal with the underlying motivation to kick the wall, it's not fixing anything. So we have to get down deep to find out what his desire motivation. So I'm, I'm going to have you, you need to start journaling. Because we need to figure out, is... Is the chasing of the ball, because he'll bring it back and drop it, and he wants, it's the chase. It's not just the getting. For him, it's the chase. He brings it back, he drops it, you throw it, he drops it, right? Absolutely. So that tells me he really enjoys the process. The Mm -hmm. thing is that that could be something that he enjoyed to start with, but then it turned into comfort that he's now using. Well, isn't that, again, trigger warning, isn't that how any 
yeah. kind of addiction form. I would say part. so. I would say so. I know from experience with me, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, I would say so. I think that that's absolutely um, true. Yeah, and, and without getting too like psychological, because we're not psychiatrists and um, <laughs> no. or anything like that, but I, I think that we do things because it gives us a result that we're looking for. And then it becomes an everyday thing to where it can be a learned behavior. I mean, Absolutely. 21 days creates a habit, right? Yeah. If you're doing it that long, it becomes like, well, this is what I've been doing. Why yeah. should anything change? Yeah. So now, but... I have no reason to. And then let me see, if does it work in other situations? Yeah. Right? So it's it, it maybe changes from, I just kick the wall when I'm frustrated, to now I kick the wall when I'm excited because it's a st- there's a lot of the same emotion and adrenaline going. So Obi could be getting the ball because he's excited and because he's afraid and just because it's what, he, yeah. what, what we've always done. Exactly. It's, it's what it's his default you, behavior. Yeah. And how do you stop default behavior? You don't let it work. So I extinguish the behavior? You extinguish it by you stop playing ball. Why? Well, I, I, what if I don't play ball, though? What if I don't play ball with him at all? I think we still have to find ways to give an outlet, right? So obviously with his hunting desire then we have to look at what enrichment are we giving mm-hmm. how are we meeting that need of his Un- border collies are not known for hunters right right but it doesn't mean he can't have that desire mm-hmm. um it's maybe the herding became part of the hunting it could be right because he's never really had the opportunity to herd yeah. so that instinct could be turned into something that is more rewarding. So you're saying I should get hunting. chickens? Oh, golly. This is getting good. <laughs> yeah, He's getting chicken jaw, and this is going to be fun. Stay tuned. To see, exactly, to see what, what that's going to happen. Hopefully he's going to be doing some video of this, um, because that's that's definitely. But it's really interesting, though, because it, I think that with Border Collies, they love to chase, they love the ball, they love to fetch, and that is a normal thing. But when does it turn unhealthy? And I think that it's unhealthy when you have a dog who won't stop on their own, um, where they will go until they literally collapse, or if they can't function and be responsive in the vicinity of said addiction. I th- I think that third one would probably be true. I don't, mm. I, I don't think it's the point to where because I, mean, I can I can call it off and say all done. You know we're done. We're moving along. It's not that point. But I do think that it's it's. Um, Cause like, I will say like a lot of times I go to my farm. There's no toys mm-hmm. at all, I don't, and I purposely don't bring the toys out because well, I don't want to deal with it. Well, and you're in a wilderness too. I mean, you got a lot yeah. of other things. And and we're we're fine. I mean, we're good. He you know lays down. No, there's no pacing. None of those. I'm not seeing okay, any good. abnormal symptoms. But at the same time, I mean, again, it could also be a learned behavior at this house. I was going to say, is the yeah. is the home the environmental cue? Yeah. It's like when it's like when people go to the dog park to play fetch with their dog. And then they go to the dog park that's expecting the dog to play with other dogs. But the dog's like, I'm sorry. We come here to play fetch. I don't want to play with the other dogs. <laughs> <That's Obi. laughs> so the environmental cue can set it up. But here's the thing about environmental cues. It could also be um, the kids getting home from school. You and your partner fighting. Right. Uh, watching football. Playing football season has started. Playing video games. That could be the cue. So then we go, okay. Me walking next, outside. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, next time then you're playing video games or we have something like that going, what can we do to help him? Throw the ball. No. <laughs> I would say let's give him a stuffed topple. Yeah. Just nice stuffed frozen topple, something he can lick on and stay calm with. Right? You give him another outlet that you provided 
knowing that the environmental cue could set it off. So and that's so I I dabbled a little bit and I googled a little bit like on canine compulsive disorder just a little bit like earlier. Um, I didn't hear about this topic until I did. He was like, "What are we doing today?" Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of looked up a little things and a couple of things I looked up was well, of course, you know, forcing the dog to rest, forcing some downtime for yep. the dog to have topple, yep, just rest, whatever decompression. And the other part I read was, uh, yeah. Uh, let's steer it towards a different direction. Like when I quit smoking cigarettes. Yep. You know what I did? <laughs> I ate damn apples every day. Did you really? Yeah. Because it's, it's that, it's that. I chewed motor, gum. It's that motor function. Okay. Yeah. It's that motor function. Chewing gum. Yeah. That's also yep. one as well. Um, but giving them something else to do similar to that action, but something that could be a little bit healthier. I guess. Yes. And milder, milder. Oh, that's a weird word for me milder. to say. Milder. Milder for the brain. Because you have to realize that when these things happen, the brain is functioning in a, in a different way. And, and there are neurons that are firing differently. People don't right. realize that the behavior you're seeing, it's not just happening externally. There are a lot of things that are pushing that internally. And so, uh, sorry, guys, we have the window open. So if you heard that little motorcycle go by, it's just such uh-huh. a nice day. Um, but it's people don't realize that... that in order, we can't just stop a behavior to hap- from happening. We have to find a way to give an outlet. And that's the only way to kind of help with that brain and help that kind of give some new neural pathways and to help the dog learn how to cope in different ways. All right. Yeah. Isabel is ringing the damn bell because she wants to go out. Um, so, you know, and that's the thing is that once we see that the dog is healthy, and there's nothing that's causing pain. We have to look at what's the motivation behind the dog. What is the dog really wanting to do? And it sounds like to me that Obi's feeling a little maybe frustrated or bored because he's not getting those outlets in a way that yeah. satisfies him. Isabella has started going out and staring for hours on end at the squirrels because for some reason after six years, the squirrels have decided to be on our fence and get in our yard. I'm not really sure what they were thinking. And now Isabella is having a great time chasing, barking and jumping on the fence. Um, and so in order to help with that is I will allow her at certain times to go out and sit and watch and chase. And then there are other times I don't let her out uh, so that I'm not because I feel like it's starting to become compulsive. She's actually been waking up in the middle of the night a little bit really? to go out, which is very unusual. All right, get you some coyote rollers so when the squirrels get up there, they'll just roll <laughs> off the off the fence. <laughs> it's just a couple thousand dollar solution. No, oh, no big deal. No biggie. No, I just dropped that like a yeah, hot <laughs> potato there. Let me just drop that down. No, but it's it's starting to become, I feel like, compulsive. It's only been happening the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So now I'm limiting her time outside um, unless we're out there she can stay out a little bit longer because we can we can redirect. But I don't want it to continue her because the more she practices that behavior, the more the the neural pathways are being developed in the brain. And then it's going to come to a point where she's not making a choice to go out and chase squirrels or see squirrels or stalk squirrels. It's an absolute I have to do it. So this is a weird question. I'm purely asking. Could, would, could, should... Would this help at all if I, um, because I know a lot of this triggered when I do walk outside, my dog goes straight for the ball, right? And this is just like, I know it's not the end all. Would it help if potentially when I walk outside, 
ball maybe gets taken away. When I walk inside, ball gets put out. Or just maybe the ball is only put out during certain times of the day that are consistent. I am I I'm only bringing the ball out at certain times of the day, but I don't know if necessarily being consistent needs to happen. Okay. So I don't, a certain uh, yeah, like I don't think it? like at two o'clock every day we do this. Okay. Yeah, I mean you could easily be like, okay, let's go play ball. Yeah, and play that's ball. the cue. This is what we're doing. Might say play ball. Yeah. yeah, and that's when you play ball, and then but you start it and you and you stop it. And doing that isn't about you being the alpha or the leader or any right. of that that bullshit. It's about saying I need your brain to be healthier. So therefore, I'm going to control this. I'm not going to take away your desire. I'm going to control this play. And I'm going to put it away when we're not doing it. But then I'm going to make sure I'm trying to find other ways to meet your needs, right? Teaching go hunt. Um, putting uh, on command to go herd frogs. Yeah. One of the jobs that Britt um, Brit has, that Isabella has, is going to Granny T's and herding the frogs into the pond. <laughs> Well, Britt's been really busy. We've been on vacation, so we've been doing some fun things without the dogs. And she has not gotten a chance to do a lot of that. So I think that's why she's feeling the need to do it with the squirrels. Because ah, it's not being met the right. way that she's used to being met. She hasn't done hiking as much. We did do a big hiking day one day. Um, but I think that she has started the squirrel thing because she's trying to fix a need that we're no longer meeting. See, I think my fear is that if I take that ball away, he's going to start hunting more things. But at the same time, I think another answer to that is, well, limit the times outside, but also give him give him the enrichment he needs so that he's not exactly going not obsessing over getting that. Correct, because we want them to enjoy things. We don't want them to obsess over it in air quotes. Because again, we're not sure if dogs can really obsess or not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it really is. It's really fascinating when you start really getting into it. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff I, I love this, trying to figure it out. Um, because it can be so many different things. Um, and I do think that he is, I think he does have a compulsion with the ball. Um, the motivation behind it, I, I would we would have to do a little bit more digging to really see what that is. But I think controlling journal, okay. it, yeah, journal, but controlling that, but also making sure we're meeting those enrichment needs, those genetic yeah. needs. So, I've, look, I've, to be completely honest, I've slacked a little bit. I've so have I. I I've, I've, I've done it too, y'all. It happens, right? We just need to go make sure that we are, you know, that, that we get back on it. Yeah. Um, so when we look at a behavior like that, we obviously are ruling out medical issues um, because seizures can be a part of something. Like you have a dog who's freezing and staring. That can um, be, you know, a seizure issue. Um, food intolerances for GI issue I talked about with the with the pacing and stuff. But really, like we just did here, diving into the history and diving into these little things that may not seem like anything, but they do play a part. Um, and of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna look to say, okay, is this compulsion? If it is. What type of compulsion? Is it a truly compulsive issue? Um, is it conflict-induced, right? Is it um, more of conditioned to where the dog has just learned, hey, if I do this, yeah. if I uh, chase my tail, my parents will stop and give me a stuffed topple. Yeah, they'll start walking me around the room. They'll like, start walking around the room, right? They'll, they'll the, take me for a walk. Because the humans, that works to make the dog stop. Exactly. But for the dog, it's like, 
that works to give me attention. Exactly. So, so of, then you have to go, is funny. it learned behavior, yeah. right? Is it, has it, is it, and is it being reinforced somehow externally, not just internally? Yeah. Bad attention is attention too. That's the, that's the biggest thing I tell people is bad attention is still attention. Exactly. I'd exactly. still rather have attention from somebody I don't really like than no attention at all. Absolutely. I mean, imagine you can't, you don't talk to anybody for the next five years. I'd still rather talk to somebody I don't really hate, I don't really like necessarily than nobody at all. Right. If I had you know? to be on an island alone or an island with somebody I didn't like, I'd probably do an island with somebody I didn't like just so I had somebody to talk to, even yeah. though I just had to argue with them. And you might not think that now. You might think that's crazy, but if you go off If you're an extrovert yourself, like me, yeah. like I, Britt would be like, nope, I'm yeah. going by myself. Don't want to ever have to talk to anybody again. It gets lonely though. Think... Watch the show Alone on Discovery Channel. You'll see. Alone on Discovery Channel. Great show. Shout out. It's a great show. We didn't even get paid for that. <laughs> All right, so what do, we do to, what do we do to fix this? Um, obviously, once we figure things out, um, I'm going to look at enrichment a lot. I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm meeting those um, genetic needs. Um, I want to have more of a, of a predictable schedule in case the dog is anxious and, and not sure what's going to be happening. Um we obviously are always going to teach owners the appropriate response, how to interrupt, how do we do this, how do we avoid. So like with you, I'm saying we put the ball away. We have a scheduled time that we play ball. It may not be the same time every day, but I'm not going to just give him free access to it because free access means he's going to keep doing it. And he's going to keep his mind on it. So I don't shock him every time he goes to the ball? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, okay. Yes. Dang, I think I was doing that wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's messing. Um, um, I like to teach incompatible behaviors. So this one isn't always, I don't think, as successful as you want. So as an example, don't think it's really not the best, but just to kind of help you guys understand what I'm meaning, what I mean by this is if I have a dog chasing a tail, I might ask him to sit. Can't chase a tail if you're sitting. That may interrupt it for a second, but if we don't get to the underlying issue. But for him, for like Obi, I'm saying instead of allowing him to, to chase those people in the game, I'm going to give him a topple. So I'm going to do it before he has an opportunity to go. And maybe I put him in a crate while he's doing it. I literally just bought a new topple for him today. Perfect. He's getting older of his old one. He may need like a crate though for that or anchored somewhere where he can't get to the TV. Yeah. Right. So that's teaching incompatible behavior kind of, you know, with that. Um, And obviously reducing the the dog's stress, making sure that the environment is set up for them, um, that we are being respectful of how they feel and their emotions and, and, you know, and just know that sometimes you may love, 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 love your dog, but it may not be the right environment for your dog. Your dog may be completely stressed out with those five kids and, you know, people in and out and, and constant things happening. And, and so. You mean my constant Amazon's getting in the way of my constant Amazon. <laughs> I totally had Amazon delivered today. Um, it, it really, we do have to look outside of it. And I know that everybody's like, I got this dog. This dog's for life. I'm not, I don't give up. It's not, we're not, I'm not saying don't just give up, just give up your dog to fix things. But I'm saying it's okay to look at the dog and say, I know that you're miserable in this environment and I love you enough to help find you the right environment. But it's probably a whole nother podcast episode. Well, next week. Next week. <laughs> Actually, this is going out uh, this next week. We're recording today, but uh, it's going out next week. But I think this was a really good one. Mm-hmm. I think this was fine. This was good. Um, we've had a, you know, we had a few little beverages and had a really good conversation. Well, this is more. On, I, I feel like this is more of a time for me to ask you some questions. Well, like, I, I came here kind of not. I mean, yeah, I've heard 
you know, you know, I have OCD myself, honestly, but like <laughs> I came here more of I see my dog doing these things. I don't know what to make of it. I kind of need help from you as well. And I, well, you know, and that's what I love because you're learning about behavior. Mm-hmm. You're you're moving from just teaching manners to now working on behavior. So this is all new for you, and it's good because you're like Brett in that she can ask questions that our listeners are like, please ask this. What about this? What about this? Um, so this is it's good because it gets me to answer questions that. Mm-hmm. I don't think up because I've been doing this for a while. So no, I think this was good. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be here. Uh, he's glad to be here. Did you say how calm he was? Uh, glad to be here. Um, <laughs> I'll be all week. <laughs> I'll be here all week. No, y'all, come on. Look, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We are so glad that you listen. We're so glad that you follow us and, and enjoy the um, information that we put out there. Um, if you want to know more, if you want an episode of a different topic we've not covered or we've not covered in a while, uh, send us an email, info at dogspeak101.com or podcast at dogspeak101.com. Uh, we're also available for Zoom consults uh, or in person if you're local. And uh, we are just so grateful that we have an opportunity to talk with you guys and hear from you guys. Um, We love what we get to do, and we hope that you find the information that we give you useful and maybe sometimes entertaining. Um, Who knows? Sometimes we're crazy. Sometimes we're not. Uh, But, Gray, thanks for coming today. Thanks for Um, having me. You can now go and work elsewhere. Um, And so... (laughs) Actually, he's done. We act, we do. We have a Zoom tonight at 7, so I have to send him home so he can get dinner, <laughs> and then we have to get on for a Zoom. So uh, anyway, we appreciate you guys. We love you, and we uh, we hope you have a great rest of the week.